0: Alright, so we are here today with Greg Sestero, whom you know from The Room, from The Disaster Artist, and now Best Friends, which opens in theaters on March 30th, correct? March 30th and April 2nd. March 30th and Um, April 2nd. Yeah, it'll be nationwide, and I think here, it's gonna be in uh, Evansville. Yeah, pretty close, pretty close. So uh, today, I want to talk to you about the making of Best Friends. So, without giving anything away, tell me... little bit about the plot so um best
1: friends was inspired by true events Mm -hmm. you know tommy and i have had a 20-year friendship that now uh, became a book the disaster artist and became a film Mm -hmm. and there's just so many um just kind of interesting moments we've had together tommy being such a great character (laughs) um you know he he can bring about you know comedy and and so i always feel like he There was a great Hitchcock character in Tommy that just hasn't been hasn't been done yet, and and I feel like ever since The Room, people have kind of tried to put him in a box of like this kind of caricature and you know pressing a button, having him yell, you're tearing me apart. He's kind of become a bobblehead in a way, or like you know just like like a circus animal in a way. And so I've always really believed that he's got something very interesting to offer and 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 take him seriously, and no one's really done that. Mm -hmm. And I knew after the Disaster Artist that. There was it intrigued me to try, you know. It intrigued me, knowing him this long, knowing him better than anybody else. I feel like he trusts me. This was the time to try to make a serious film, something that I would be passionate about, with him in an interesting role that's stripped away from the room. No, no footballs, no spoons, right. and really try try to go out and make a film. So it's really it's a it's a you know takes place in Los Angeles. Um, it's these two. You know, very different uh, people. I'm a drifter. He's a mortician. We're lonely. It's almost like this this relationship in this film kind of resurrects our our lives and our souls in a lot of ways. And we come together and we form this very strange underground business. Um, and we start making making money and things start to go wrong. So I always um, try to pick films that have inspired me and. and and out of that, make your own film. And so I think with this one, you could kind of see it as Nightcrawler meets a simple plan.
2: Trust me, friendship before money. Can you say that? Yeah. What? Huh?
1: Trust me, friendship before money. Right. Yeah.
2: I have a good story for you. A familiar story. One guy meets Anova in a big city. They have dream. But something changed. Greed, hatred and jealousy. You understand the words?
1: We took a road trip after we made the room. That mm-hmm. was uh, bizarre, mm-hmm. and um, something about that experience I tapped into, and I went with it, and it kind of—it it was the foundation of a story that I had to build something around. Are there any
0: like things that happen in real life that might show up in the movie? Yeah, it
1: was, a lot of it's a lot of oh, real life. In fact, the, the whole setting of the business and everything that that takes place okay. is something that is that is, is based on true events as well. Excellent. So um yeah it was i i didn't want to make another film unless i really went for it because i think one of the great things about the room is how authentic it is and you know we can judge things and say they're bad or good but i think something's going to stick around if it's if it's authentic and so that's the way i approached this project and i took it seriously and tommy took it seriously and we worked uh really hard to try to make something new uh, to surprise you know, our
0: fans that have supported us for so many years. Sure. I know your first script was a sequel to Home Alone, which you wrote as a kid. Uh, Tell me about, like, um, the process. Like, once you realized there was a a good story there, like, tell me about, like, taking that and making it into a script and how long it took you to write it and kind of the technical aspects. For Home Alone? Oh, yeah.
2: That that one, uh, yeah,
1: that's, uh, that one, unfortunately, didn't work out. (laughs) Childish scrawl, I can't call it. Um, you know what, that's the thing about Best Friends that, I, that to me was fascinating, because I had been trying for quite some time to, to write a, a TV show, because mm-hmm. I 'Cause I'd really gotten into the new wave of TV shows, Breaking Bad, Fargo, sure. True Detective, yeah. and I really loved that idea of telling a story in, in ten, eight to ten episodes. Mm-hmm. So I had been working on that for quite a while, and I get about halfway, and I couldn't figure it out. And that's really the tough thing when people talk about being creative. It's like, finish what you're trying to do, but you get to a point where you just don't know where it's going anymore, and you don't know if you believe in it, and, and you just think, what's the point of this getting made? Who's going to see this film, Right. or this TV show? And so when I got the idea of writing a character for Tommy, for us to be in a new film together, um, I just sat down and started working around these true events that, that happened yeah. and really kind of focusing in on characters because I think that's what really makes a story work is, is the dynamic between the two characters and because I know Tommy so well, because we've had such a you know bizarre friendship, mm-hmm. there's so much to work with.
2: How did you just start that? Yes, yeah, automatic. You know, it's a new technology. I can start a hundred miles from here. Is this your car? <laughs> yes, it's mine, it's my dream car. I love this car. I treat myself as my little baby. It's a one of a kind. And I say, yeah, I'm a one of a million too, right? I'm a special, I'm unique. So I say, give me a discount. He give me the discount, you know? I pay only $80,000. You spent $80,000 yeah, on this car? Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm, my blue baby. Oh, I can lick it. Oh, Come on. Let's go for a spin.
1: I just sat down, um, and within four days, the whole story came together. Oh, wow. And I had been trying for months to complete something. And I think you know, when you have something and you get to a point where you're telling the story and you're discovering it as it's coming i think a lot of writers love to outline and really kind of a plan of where they're going but with this story i didn't know where it was going and that was it was interesting to me to approach it that way and when i got close to the end or when i started to feel it i knew that i really wanted to tell the story because when i got to the end there's a feeling you get when you when you complete something, and it's usually a very you know gratifying feeling, and that's how, how I felt with this. Um, but yeah, it was came together in four it is. Wow. And, so um, so the, the story, yeah, the whole okay, story. And right. so so then you obviously you know you got to write the script, sure. but I really wanted to get get it on film. I really wanted to at least capture scenes from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's kind of how it came together. We shot a few scenes and to put together this quick little idea of what this could be. And once we saw that. It could, it, it could work we then I got to, you know got down to actually writing the whole, the whole script so you shot like a
0: sample trailer sort of or something just yeah
1: to... yeah just to see what it would, what it would feel like you know because mm-hmm. a lot of times something's in your head and it works and then you put it on film and you're like I don't know maybe it's just me but um but no I, yeah it, it came together uh, very quickly was that sample
0: trailer done with the director you ultimately got for the movie or? no
1: it was just um you know it' was just a few few people that I knew and mm-hmm. we shot some scenes and we're like okay this I, it helped me figure out what the aesthetic should be, and, you know, just kind of getting the ball rolling, and then I realized what really needed to be done to make it into a film. So it was a huge challenge to do, but um, you know, again, it was it was really rewarding to, to make this film. So as somebody
0: who's written a couple of scripts now, like, what would your advice be to somebody who wants to go from like writing short stories to scripts? I would say
1: this was my first script. Oh, okay. Really, I mean, uh, I'm alone, I don't know if you can, count. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you can count that. Um, So this is is my first script, I think just attacking it, Mm -hmm. just getting in there and writing it. And I I noticed a lot of scenes that I wrote were way too long because it was just a lot of conversations, a lot of stuff that you're trying to get across that you don't need. And you learn as you go. But I think if you don't get something written and don't get it done, you'll never learn. Um, So I just went through and and, and again, the discovery process, letting something breathe, Mm -hmm. letting your story kind of evolve and not being too stuck on things was helpful. Getting feedback from readers and being like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. I I, I don't know if the character because a lot of times the characters are, de- are developed in your mind, right? But they're not developed on the page because you you already know them, but the audience doesn't know them yet. Sure. And then it's finding finding you know the line of, you know expanding them too much or explaining too much and, and also let, not letting your audience figure out for themselves. So, mm-hmm. I would just go at it every day, start in the morning and just just write as much as I could and and backtrack and say okay this scene that I, I don't need it i can cut this i can move this and a lot of times you write the same scene a couple times you don't really realize it until later mm-hmm. um and then you know you can cut back and decide which scene is stronger and so i think um i think watching watching movies knowing um knowing what the story that you want to tell knowing how it's going to open and how to get across you know you can get a whole scene across just with one one establishing shot or one one moment or an expression so watching movies listening to movie soundtracks is something that i love to do when i write it, it inspires you to try to tell your story so
0: yeah do read, you read a lot of scripts to you and you know
1: what pick a couple great scripts of films that you love and see how they were able to to, to write the script and then transition it to a film because really the script a lot of times is just a blueprint sure. for the film you're making it's going to change mm-hmm. um and so, surround yourself with stuff that, that you love, that inspires you, that's well done, and try to merge with that.
2: Don't worry, Ninja, man. You're safe here. You will now meet my friend, Mr. Lester Green, a victim of robbery in a grocery store. He took bullet for his wife. He saved his wife. And I have to give him beautiful faith. I cannot send him to paradise as a monster. No. I have to change this. I have to give him beautiful faith. Yeah, I would do that. The face of Gary Grant or James Dean. That's what he needs. What do you
0: think? Mm-hmm. Talk, talk about the difference between writing The Disaster Artist, the book, and writing Best Friends, the script, then talk about how it felt to have The Disaster Artist on the big screen. You know, the goal with The Disaster Artist was for it to become its
1: own film. So sure. so I approached it in a way that that was the goal, you know, so it's like building these characters. It's not, it's not just about the making of a bad film, mm-hmm. it, it, you're starting out knowing these two opposite people who became friends and and, and letting that story really be featured. Um, You know, and again, studying books that became films. So, you know, the fact that I got turned into a film was uh, was incredible. I mean, that's kind of like the goal, the the dream that you shoot for. Um, So many great books get optioned, get talked about, being turned into films and it never happens. So, um, but it gave me a great um, confidence and understanding than to approach writing best friends, I took kind of the similar approach mm-hmm. of, again, I was writing the same the same two characters. Right. You know, you're basically writing Tommy and Greg, but just shifted, kind
0: of different you know, situations. in a different
1: situation. But I knew the kind of story that I wanted to evolve into, mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's a lot easier when you know the characters you're writing for and their strengths right. and and their weaknesses as well. So. Uh, yeah, Disaster Art just taught me a lot. You know, I got to work with a really great co-author, Tom Bissell. All right, yeah, he's awesome. Who, um, you know, you realize a lot of stuff you write that you don't need, and mm-hmm. you ask the right questions, and that's what I tried to do. I tried to learn from my experiences with the, with the disaster artist and, and take that and try to make a film.
0: After you got the best friend script completed, what was your step after that? Did you start like sending out studios or or did you just like maybe hit your friends up and uh, get get people you know and respected already and on the production yeah
1: i, I I've had a group of friends that that also helped with those Astros that I would just send chapters to mm. and and ju- just you just gotta feel like what the response is you sure. know a lot of times your friends are gonna be supportive, but you can tell if there's a lot of enthusiasm there. You know, I'm lucky that I've had people come back to me like, "Hey, I like this, but maybe this could be clear You're coming off this way, Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's what I did with the script, kind of every step of the way. Once I got kind of halfway through, I would send it to friends, and they, you know, give advice. And I was working with the um, the the director that I was was planning to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we worked together on it and just kind of crafted it and got got their feedback and just kind of just kept evolving it to seeing what could work. A lot of times, you have these. Again, big ideas that are that are going to be really unrealistic to shoot. Right. Um, so that's the other thing is kind of scaling down what you're trying to tell and doing it in a way that's you know not you don't need special effects or trains or right. all these <laughs> right. ridiculous locations. Yeah, people ain't too you, high. Yeah, and yeah you a really bad CGI or something. Well, yeah, um, you can tell a story just someone walking through the door. You don't have to you know take it too far. And so I learned that through this process. Mm-hmm. You know, I, working with what you have. A lot of times you think you need something. That you really don't. Uh, again, if you're if you're working with an unlimited budget, then it doesn't matter. But right. uh, it pushes you to to, to, to figure out what you, what story you're trying to tell. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I just I just kept revising it, trying to trying to let it breathe and and um, hone in on the story I was trying to tell with the, with a good team of people helping.
0: How did uh, you find your director and your cast and everything? Did it, did you uh, put put that together and sell it to a studio? This this is one part of like filmmaking that I'm not as familiar with, like the the business and the things, I guess.
1: No, I had a, yeah, I had a friend who, um, who I'd worked with, um, you know, and, and I really, you know, we spoke the same language mm-hmm. with film, and um, so it was very clear what, kind of what we, what we wanted to do, so we just basically put the team together and went out and made it. Right, that's um, great. You know, I, yeah, I'm lucky that I've, you know, been able to meet a lot of great people mm-hmm. and that, that were able to help with the film, so we just kind of dove right into it, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times when you're enthusiastic and really want to make something, you need to strike when you have that feeling because other things get involved, life happens, and you just kind of never end up making something. Right. So we just went for it. We had a window of time, you know, we finished the disaster artists. That was going to come out in a certain period of time. We just spent
0: the entire year making these films. The stuff you're saying that kind of reminded me of the movie we shot here at the library, Volumes of Blood, we would actually come in about 30 minutes before the library closed on weekends, and we would have, like, a set amount of time. We had to be out of the building, on I think 2 a.m. So just marathon filmmaking like the whole night and nobody was really getting paid. It was all just a labor of love. And you know, that comes through in the final movie for sure. And I'm I'm sure it will in Best Friends as well. Um, So um, I know the premieres coming up, normally when I do these filmmaker interviews I always talk about the premieres. Can you you tell me, uh, I guess first about the shooting, any any good stories? I, I would imagine I, I, I followed the Instagram account, so I've I, I kept up with a little bit. So some ma- amazing stuff on there. I highly suggest you all uh, go follow that. Um, any any sort of fun stories from the shoot? Uh, anything you learned that you plan on applying in future projects? And just kind of general shoot talk, and then the premiere.
1: Yeah, um, again, just working with Tommy every day is an adventure. <laughs> there was there was one scene in particular. I don't want to spoil anything, but watching him get choked by a clown was something <laughs> I'll never forget It was the most amazing moment I've had on a set ever awesome. um, yeah it was it was it's amazing what you can do when you just commit with a group of people that want to make something yeah that it can happen and I think pre-production is so important mm-hmm. knowing what you want to do um, figuring all that stuff out putting in that work the three phases of really preparing for your shoe Daily crafting and and chiseling your story and and how you want to approach it and being as prepared as possible um, Is is something that I learned is very important Uh, Making a film is kind of like going to war You don't know what's going to come your way you're going to deal with weather you're going to deal with things that are out of your control The more prepared you are the better your product's going to be and then I've also learned how important is to get the word out about your project to connect with people to make, you know, to let them know why they, why they should see your film. Um, but just, yeah, with shooting. I think, um, the most important thing is is having a vision of of the story you want to tell the films that you love. And you know, there's, there's so many amazing scenes and shots that exist every day when you're filming, but if you don't do the preparation, you may, you may miss those moments. So, um, on set there was, just really some wacky moments. Mm. Tommy and I playing bask playing basketball while he was in platform <laughs> heels. Um, You'll know, see. I mean, every scene of the movie is just is out there. So yeah. it
0: feels. it's a very visually appealing film just based on the trailer alone. Like it's the colors are vivid. It looks like looks excellent. I'm, I'm super stoked to see it for sure. But so the the premiere that's uh, next week. She said.
1: Yeah, it's going to be at the Egyptian Theater. Oh, wow. um, Which should be a lot of fun. It's going to be 15 years. You know, since we had a premiere for the room. Right. So it's a little different. We're going to be on Hollywood Boulevard this time, nice. um, which is where Tommy originally wanted the room to be. Sure. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to enjoying it. I mean, one of the things you, you got to do, you put in the work and you got to just go and enjoy it. And you know, you, you, the film now is what it is. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you can just kind of sit back and see people's response and, and hopefully they dig it. And, yeah. um, yeah, just just hope for the
0: best. Yeah, well, thanks for chatting with us. Uh, any any plugs or anything you wanna wanna throw out there outside of the movie? Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, so yeah, Best Friends is going to be out there in the theaters. It's going to be out on DVD and VOD, hopefully in the next few months. And um, we made Volume Two. Yeah, that's which, June, right? Which uh, is if you think of the first one as like an LA noir film, the next one is uh, kind of a desert. Desert thriller. Uh, so, wow, so awesome. we're covering. we we're, yeah, we're covering everything. Great. But um, no, it's it's been the last year of making films, and um, I really hope you guys dig it.
0: Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, be, uh, I guess we'll end by uh, talking about the future. You got anything lined up next, or you just concentrate on best friends right
1: now? So the next thing I want to do is make a horror film. Oh wow! Cool. Um, something totally different. You yeah. know, I think you know. There's the room, there's the disaster artist. You know, these films working with Tommy again was something I hadn't done in a long time. Um, which was a great challenge and I enjoyed it a lot. And the next thing I'd like to do is just make something completely away mm. from the room and have, having no ties to anything, just totally challenge myself in a, in a different way. You ever so. think about directing? Ah, I know. You know what? After working on these films, I realized what a talent and how difficult it is to direct. Mm. Um, and I. I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah. I think I prefer kind of creating the story and working with the director. I was very lucky to it work soon, with it. It seems like
0: directing would be a big headache for sure. Uh, yeah, definitely. A lot, of, I was, a lot of people to please.
1: <laughs> I was lucky to work with a great job, uh, Justin McGregor, who directed uh, these films. And you, you said know.
0: he was like a room fan from way back,
1: right? Yeah, we yeah. saw the room when he was like 16. <laughs> and so. But, but again, like, he loves film. Yeah you know, appreciates the realm but but we both agree, you know, you gotta go out and make something ambitious. You can't just kinda sit back and try to do the whole Exactly. So that's good. so yeah, I've I just learned how big of a job directing is. So I can see shots, I can I can imagine what they could be, but actually doing them mm. is probably something that's gonna take me a while to, to wanna jump into that. So for now, storytelling is what I love to do. That's cool. I'll definitely approach saying that what about a book? You think everything's about writing another book? Right um now? yeah, I think I mean, what I've tried to do now is just kind of jump right into telling a story right. and then having it filmed, sure. you know? So um, um, that's what I'd like to continue to do,
0: hopefully. Cool. Well, we'll look forward to seeing all the future stuff from you, man. Thanks Definitely. so much, Thanks for, so much talking for having to us. me back. Absolutely. Yeah.